and welcome to the fourth episode of Sex, the Honeymoon, and After with Mirai. It's good to have you all here. In today's episode, we have the amazing Dr. Echo Brown, who is going to give you invaluable information on how to begin the conversation on sex if you're having problems coming up. And you get tips on how to finish the conversation if you're already having them. In our second episode, we talked about the importance of opening up at the sex and the promise that we talk about the steps you need to take in order to set the conversation on sex. So to the John, we begin by unraveling some of the reasons couples can talk about sex and she will suggest ways of overcoming them. Because they are hindrance to, uh, to opening up for the service that is so critical in our lives and that builds the relationship. So I would advise you to listen to this podcast together with your partner if possible. Also to Echo Brown. She's a licensed mental health system counselor, certified relationship therapist, board certified human mental health counselor, National Certified Counselor, the Qualified Clinical Supervisor. There's two driving private practices in Cape Coral and Fort Myers in Florida, which specializes in anxiety, depression, self-esteem, relationships, and distance counseling. So the upper brand holds a master's in the specialist degree counseling in the men's business and the doctoral degree in counseling psychology. Since 1997, the upper brand has been in the counseling course she has a very rich background in counseling children, teenagers, adults, couples, and families from various cultures and backgrounds. That's 20 years of experience in empowering thousands of individuals to break down the barriers that cause fear so that they can embrace the intimacy in their lives. So her mission is to increase intimacy for all. She has her own TV and radio show that she started in 2018 uh, called Bringing Intimacy Back. Well, she and other experts provide resources and tips on increasing intimacy in all types of relationships. And she's here with us today. So, to Echo Brown, welcome to the show. Oh, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yes, yes. It's really a, a, a pleasure and an honor to have you with us today. So, you are among other titles as sex and uh, relationship therapist. So before we get into the reasons that she and the couple is talking about sex, could you kindly tell the listeners briefly that what she do as a relationship and sex therapist specifically, just in case I have a don't know what the relationship and sex therapist is. So what I do um, as a relationship therapist is I work with couples and helping them connect. Many times couples come to me because they're either, number one, mostly are having troubles with connection with communication. In fact, if anyone doesn't know, um, the number one reasons why people break up and get divorced is loneliness. It's not feeling connected with your spouse or your, um, your husband, your wife. So what I do is I help people connect and I help people connect through learning how to communicate. And sometimes in learning how to communicate, there's a variety of things that go into that. It's how you were raised and how what you saw, so you have to kind of learn about good communication. Sometimes it's also how you deal with stress, learning how to deal with that and how that impacts the conversation. And sometimes it's just also learning how many women talk or just even, um, as we know in this world, uh, there are a lot of us who are, are marrying in different cultures and I have, I have that experience too. So sometimes it's also just understanding the culture. And so it's in learning about communication, talking about it. And when it comes to intimacy and sex, that's very important because many times we come in there with different thoughts in our head and our partner cannot read what we like and what we dislike. And sometimes ourselves, we don't know. So I also help people understand that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for clarifying that. So... What are the major reasons stopping the couple from talking about sex? So according to research, I do find that most couples have a great time talking about sex. So well, what are the major reasons that couples have a difficult time talking about sex? Okay, well, I think um, there's a variety of reasons why people have a difficult time talking about sex. Um, number one, maybe because they don't know themselves. Um, when it comes to sexuality or when it comes to a variety of stuff, especially in some cultures, um, men, um, how can I put it, are more familiar with their bodies and 
Um, it's just expected that they know about sex and they talk about it and stuff. But on the woman's side, it's like, oh, let's not talk about it. Or you can't um, discuss it or your, your parents don't discuss sex. So like I said, number one, you don't know yourself, your body. So that's one reason why people don't talk about it. Number two, um, sometimes it's uh, in the thing of religion. People think about sex as maybe it's just for babies and are making babies. And so that's another reason why people don't talk about it because they don't look at it as um, it's really intimacy is supposed to be about pleasure. That's what it's really supposed to be about. So sometimes people don't talk about it because there's the agenda of just making a baby and that's all they think it's, it's about. Um, another reason why people don't talk about it as couples is because sometimes they're just doggone too busy running around doing this, doing that, taking care of the kids and all that kind of stuff. So they don't have the time and plus not even the time nor the energy. So that's another reason why people don't talk about it, but it really does impact a couple. So it's really important to find the time to talk about it. And many times you should kind of talk about it before you get married. You talk about it after you get married. And it's not a conversation that you have day one and you never have again. It's a conversation that should be evolving and should happen um, often. I'm sorry, can you repeat that question? Okay, you say that one of the reasons is that people are generally not aware of their of their bodies. Um, okay. That are related and you say that men are more aware than women to clarify on that point. Okay, yes, yes, I can clarify that. So for men, in all honesty, um, when they grow up, they become very um, comfortable with their penis. In fact, they even, for some people, they even name it for, for men. They just, they just know their body. They can, like if there was all these penises lined up, they could pick it out. But for women, when it comes to their vagina or their personal parts, they have no idea what it looks like. They're not comfortable with that. They weren't taught mm -hmm. to explore their body. So if you line up all the vaginas, they would, they would like not even want to look, but they couldn't pick out their own. So that's what I'm talking about in the sense of understanding your own body because you have to understand your body so you're able to talk and communicate with your partner. Does that make better sense? Okay. It does. Perfect sense. Uh, all right, so this problem also stems from the fact that when growing up in, in most cultures, um, people really much respect their sex organs using their names. So when it comes to the they don't think they're again, they'll take all sorts of euphemistic names. Would that be another cause? The reason why people don't name the sexual organ. And I, I know, I'm, yeah, and I'm not saying you have to name your sexual organs, but I'm just saying um, a lot of men do. I mean, they just are more comfortable with it versus as, as females. And I'm not saying that that's something that you need to do, but I'm just saying as a person yourself, any person, they need to understand and know their body. That's just important. That's good. So would you say that when women have greater difficulties opening up than men? Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. And you also just have to remember part of it's that issue, but part of it is just also um, we weren't taught to be able to um, talk about sex. Many times parents just say to girls, you know, just don't have sex before you get married or, and that's, that's it. And it's more than that. So it's starting um, talking to your girls and talking to your kids early in life. So they understand that sex isn't something that you should be ashamed of. Um, the higher power, um, whoever that is, for some people, it's God. He created sex or she created sex so it is something that should be talked about yeah. okay 
so how can public kids actually be so how can couples how can couples start talking about sex? Well, first, I think um, for each individual, they need to be comfortable talking about it. And so, to first to be comfortable talking about it, um, you got to know your body. So, for each individual, and especially for the females, to actually be able to look at your body naked, understand it, explore it. Um, there's a great different, there's a lot of different books out there. One great one that I would recommend, it's called Kamish Dua by Emily Nagwaski. She's a great author. And she talks about, it's a book mostly for females, about exploring the body and understanding it. So, so that's one part. Once you're comfortable with that or in the process of being comfortable with that, then it's actually sitting down time to talk with your partner. So you're like, well, how can I even bring that subject up? Well, one tool that I use that I can just um, put out there that's kind of an easy way of looking at sex is we love talking about food, okay? So um, all of us can sit there and talk about food and stuff. And so here in America and a lot of other cultures, they have um, courses. So if we're just doing a basic um, realm of dinner or whatever, we look at sex to talk about with our partner, we can first start off with the hors d'oeuvres, which I call as foreplay. Asking your partner whether they like in foreplay. And foreplay is really just warming the body up. And then we can talk about the actual um, ambience also. I forgot to talk about ambience. What do you like in the ambience in the sense of smells and flowers and roses and where it's located and stuff. Then the other aspect is actually talking about the dinner part, which is the actual um, intercourse, what do you like? Um, some people like things on top, on bottom, a variety of things. And then at the end, talk about um, what happens after dinner, your dessert, which is basically, you know, some people love to be cuddled right after, others do not, some people like to eat right after. So those are conversations that you can have in such a general manner. Okay. okay. Would you recommend that somebody who has to keep in the conversation because generally women are shy talking about sex and um, is, there, uh, is there a way of keeping the conversation for, for women, for example? So you're saying uh, that some people are, are very shy to talk about it, that um, there's a way of how to go about talking about it because they're very shy. So if you're very shy, um, is that what you're stating? Yes, let me just give an example. Like, uh, most of that I put to my, my friends, family members, most women, I, I, they, they, they tell me that publicly I'm not enjoying my, my sexual life and I'm not feeling anything. And I always ask them, do you open up the conversation? Do you talk to your partners about it? And I, I have never heard of even a single one who said yes. So all they say no, but you can't do that. I can't do that. I can't open up. Okay, so, so um, the problem. Right, 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 right. Um, well, number one, um, sex is a real, you know, private issue. That if you're very shy and you're unable to talk to your husband about sex or your um, fiance or whatever, I would first start off on on other issues first. Um, before you get to sex, because there's a lot of other things that you need to open up and talk to first. Um, so if you're able to talk to your partner about, mm, you know, what do I like in dating? Or what do I like when we go and do something fun? You know, I like that you hold my hand. So I like this and that. Having those general conversations that can hopefully then lead to other conversations. But in, in relationships, you have to talk about what you like and what you don't like. Um, but I do know that's a cultural thing, that in some cultures, it's hard for a woman to say, you know, I like even how she, you know, how you have your eggs cooked. So you do have to have that um, desire to be able to talk about what you like. 
Does that make sense? Okay. It does. Perfect. All right. So beginning the conversation on other issues and then bringing in your emotions and, and how you feel. All right. So maybe does the timing matter? Where to do it? Yeah, I would say timing, but it also like it's like it said, it's starting off with. Um, so if you're very shy, you're like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to go about any of this? I would say set time aside um, every week. Um, I know here over here, there's different apps like Gottman has an, an app where you could have conversations like it asks you questions about your partner or questions that you guys can talk about. And I'm pretty sure there's plenty of resources out there. So you get a questionnaire, one of those that um, couples can ask and may even start off of, you know, what's your favorite tree? So as you're starting off having these basic little conversations, they will later on in time develop into deeper and deeper. Those things need to happen. And like you said, it's important to set time aside to do that. All right, that's so cool. So you, you say an, an app, what's the name of the app? Yes, yeah, so the app is um, Love Maps, or Card I'm sorry, Card Decks. Card Decks, um, it's by Gartman. And in Card Decks, they have a lot of different questionnaires in there. From Love Maps, which Love Maps is um, learning, how, learning your partner's world, learning how to know more about your partner's to open-ended questions, to I feel questions, to salsa sexy questions, to expressing your need. So when you open up the app and you click on a question, I'm just um, clicking on something here to go. And it just says different things. Um, let me click on just uh, a hard one. Um, think of a sexual fantasy and then um, share it with your partner, describe it. So. That's like a real hot question to um, one of the first questions are, ask your, your partner, what stressors are they, what things are stressing them out in their immediate situation? So it has all these questions that can get you to start talking to your partner about. All right, next question. All right, thank you so much for that. Okay, so the first day to reset again, could you please put the title in the open? You said it's Come As You Are by Emily Hoops. Yeah, the book was Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, and her last name is N-A-G-O-S-K-I. So another good part in that book there that it talks about um, why also you need to have conversation. And I just had a question on stress here. Because for some individuals in a couple or in a relationship, when one person gets stressed, some people, when they get stressed, they put the brakes on when it comes to sex. They don't really want to be touched. They really don't want intimacy. While other individuals, when they're stressed, they want more touch. They have the accelerator. They, have, they want more sex. So um, in that little book there, it does an assessment so you can figure out if you have the brakes or the um, accelerator on, but it's also a good way to talk with your partner because then you know, like, oh my gosh, um, I've been with him for you know for a while, and oh my gosh, during the last four months he hasn't really touched me. I wonder if he's thinking about other people or whatever. But he may just be stressed, you know, with everything going on. So um, it's best to know that information. Thank you so much. So, so what may be some of the consequences for couples of not talking about sex in their relationship? So what are the consequences of couples who don't talk about it? Is that the question? Yes, yeah, if the couples don't talk about sex, the question is, what may be some of the consequences for the couples when they're talking about sex? If you're not talking about sex, what, what should happen to them? What, what should be made to them? Okay, so when you're when couples aren't, aren't talking about sex, uh, many times 
um, one or both partners does not get their needs met. And if you don't feel like your needs are being met, sometimes you shut down and you don't um, want to connect or talk with your partner. And then this comes a little bridge between the, the couple. It starts to, they start to go apart. And as they go apart, um, of course, then they start to feel lonely. And if you remember what I said earlier, loneliness is the number one reason why couples um, break up or marriages um, go away. So that's something that, that happens. Um, sometimes when they don't connect, you just have a marriage that is just um, there on paper, but they don't really have any fun. And for some people, this may cause a lot of stress because if you're stressed, if you stress at work or if you're definitely stressed at home and whether it caused you to um, drink more, um, seek out other people or just totally shut down, um, these things can lead to um, health issues. So it's a, you know another consequence of not communicating. It is typical that couples do open up and um, communicate about the right, relationship. Right, right. The benefits, though, of when you do communicate and when you do talk to your partner, well, number one, you get to understand each other's world and how you guys um, mm -hmm. like what you like and what you don't like. Um, so how can I put it? Well, I know he doesn't like to be scratched on his back. You know, that's a good thing to know, you know? So um, that helps mm -hmm. out. Then you're also on the same page. And the more you're on the same page, the smoother the house runs, you know, because the other thing is um, the kids are watching. And so when you have a smooth running house and they see that mom and dad are on the same page, you honestly have less trouble with your teenagers and your kids. And also health-wise, mm -hmm. When people feel connected, they live longer. Studies have shown that. Um, that when you're connected to someone, you're more motivated to live a healthy life. So that is just um, another good reason of why communicating is very helpful. And then the third reason um, is you know that maybe you're with the right partner or with, your, with the, not the right partner. So if you talk about this in the beginning, it can save you like tons of years of miserable if if you guys realize you're not compatible um, or you can also like we talked about it, hmm, maybe this is something we need to go to a therapist about. So when you decide about whether you should go to a therapist, whether it's um, a relationship therapist or just a sex therapist or whatever, or a coach or whatever, or get an outside opinion, you should probably do that when you realize that for some reason there is a block that we cannot communicate. And when you go into couples counseling, marriage counseling, it provides insight. And with insight, I mean with knowledge about yourself and about the other person. And when you have knowledge, you can make better decisions about what you want to do with your relationship. So, and it also teaches some people how to um, communicate, what's the most best ways to communicate, and other information. is your question might be if before you get married how to discuss um sex before you get married before you get married yes. earlier on you said it's important to begin the conversation before you get married so that when you get married it becomes easier and the conversation can be more easier because you've already you've already started thinking about sex before you get married okay so having that conversation before you get married, um, of course, timing is everything, okay? 
and having the conversation about sex and intimacy, um, how can I put it? It's sometimes better to have that conversation out of the bedroom or out of, um, as a romantic or stimulating type situation. So when you're saying what you're saying, you're saying it because you actually have thought about it and have processed it. Um, but it also needs to be a conversation that doesn't happen immediately when you start dating someone, but it needs to happen at, at some point in time. And it's how you bring it up. And the reason why I say it's a conversation you need to have outside of the bedroom, because if you're having this conversation and you're in the bedroom and maybe you're trying to get with your partner, sometimes it can seem kind of pushy versus having the conversation, you know, when you guys are out um, just sitting there, uh, maybe just talking and having a conversation about your relationship. And when you have the conversation, one of the things I should have said earlier, you should say it from I, this is what I need. This is what I like. Not to have the conversation and say, you don't do this and you don't do that. Because when you start it off with you, you become, that makes the other person in defense mode. So you need to have the conversation starting with I. Okay, so I'm, I'm just looking at this, but the conversation could be difficult for, for somebody still imagine and they would not have an idea what, what they might like or how they might like it. Could you, re I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Okay, the question is, would that be difficult for somebody, say somebody is still imagine, would it wouldn't be difficult for them since they really don't have an idea of what it is that they like, thinking about what they want, how they want it, so they have not yet engaged in it. So I'm just, trying to want, I'm just wondering what, what, how they should in the conversation and what they would say to their, to their, to their partner. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming what you're saying is, is sometimes even just knowing what, what a person likes and in, in, in that conversation, uh, many times, um, believe me, it's best sometimes to do some research. Um, I know as girls, we all talk to our friends and that can be somewhat helpful. It can somewhat not be helpful. <laughs> you just have to, um, it's a trial and error on some things. And in that conversation, yeah with your partner, sometimes it's trying something and if you don't like it, not trying that again and doing something else. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, if anyone needs any information or whatever, um, they can always um, email me at info at draprilbrown.com. And um, I also have a show called Bringing Intimacy Back. But yes, I would love to answer any other questions that anyone may have. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Okay, so there you have it, listeners. If you have any more questions for the echo from, or if you'd like to take counseling session with her, don't hesitate to get in touch with her. You can visit her, her, her website, www.echofrom.com, and you can take an online session with her, or you can email her on the email address you just gave to. Um, is that correct with the echo from? Yes, yes, and thank you so much. And and I'm so glad that you're having this conversation and um, best wishes to you. Great, great. Thank you so much. So this is Fake Hanuman and Apple with my life. If you meet us on episode one to three, you can always send them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Public, Google Podcasts, Data and Pocket Cast. 
Assuming every second Wednesday and let's talk about the less talked about topics among couples. Right. Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of Sex the Honeymoon and After with Narai. It's good to have you all here. In today's episode, we have the amazing Dr. Echo Brown, which is to give you invaluable information on how to begin the conversation on sex if you're having problems opening up. And you get tips on how to finish the conversation if you're already having them. In our second episode, we talked about the importance of opening up at the sex and the promise that we talk about the steps you need to take in order to set the conversation on sex. So Dr. Echo Brown will begin by unraveling some of the reasons couples can talk about sex and she will suggest ways of overcoming them because they are hindrance to, uh, to opening up for the service that is so critical in our lives and that builds the relationship. So I would advise you to listen to this podcast together with your partner if possible. Also, to echo plan. She's a licensed mental health system counselor, certified relationship therapist, board certified human mental health counselor, national certified counselor, and a qualified clinical supervisor. There's two driving private practices in Cape Coral and Fort Myers in Florida, which specializes in anxiety, depression, suffering, relationships, and distance counseling. So the Echo Brown holds a master's in the specialist degree in counseling, in women's business, and a doctoral degree in counseling psychology. Since 1997, the Echo Brown has been in the counseling field. She has a very rich background in counseling children, teenagers, adults, couples, and families from various cultures and backgrounds. That's 20 years of experience in empowering thousands of individuals break down the barriers that cause fear so that they can embrace the intimacy in their lives. So the effort mission is increased intimacy for all. She has her own TV and radio show that she started in 2018 uh, called Being Intimacy Back, where she and other experts provide resources and tips on increasing intimacy in all types of relationships. And she's here with us today. Oh, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. It's really a a pleasure and an honor to have you with us today. So you are among other titles as sex and uh, relationship therapist. So before we get into the reasons that seeing the couples from thinking about sex, could you kindly tell the listeners briefly that what you do as a relationship and sex therapist specifically, just in case I have a don't know what the relationship and sex therapist is. So what I do um, as a relationship therapist is I work with couples and helping them connect. Many times couples come to me because they're either, number one, mostly are having troubles with connection with communication. In fact, if anyone doesn't know, um, the number one reasons why people break up and get divorced is loneliness. It's not feeling connected with your spouse or your um, your husband, your wife. So what I do is I help people connect. And I help people connect through learning how to communicate. And sometimes in learning how to communicate, there's a variety of things that go into that. It's how you were raised and how what you saw so you have to kind of learn about good communication. Sometimes it's also how you deal with stress, learning how to deal with that and how that impacts the conversation. And sometimes it's just also learning how many women talk or just even um, as we know in this world, uh, there are a lot of us who are, are marrying in different cultures and I have, I have that experience too. So sometimes it's also just understanding the culture. And so it's in learning about communication, talking about it. And when it comes to intimacy and sex, that's very important because many times we come in there with different thoughts in our head and our partner cannot read what we like and what we dislike. And sometimes ourselves, we don't know. So I also help people understand that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for clarifying that. So... What are the major reasons setting the couples from talking about sex? So according to research, I do find that most couples have a great time talking about it. So well, what are the major reasons that couples have a difficult time talking about sex? Okay, well, I think um, there's a variety of reasons why people have a difficult time talking about sex. Um, number one, maybe because they don't know themselves. 
um, when it comes to sexuality or when it comes to a variety of stuff, especially in some cultures, um, men, um, how can I put it, are more familiar with their bodies and um, it's just expected that they know about sex and they talk about it and stuff. But on the woman's side, it's like, oh, let's not talk about it or you can't um, discuss it or your, your parents don't discuss sex. So like I said, number one, you don't know yourself, your body. So that's one reason why people don't talk about it. Number two, um, sometimes it's uh, in the thing of religion. People think about sex as maybe it's just for babies and are making babies. And so that's another reason why people don't talk about it because they don't look at it as um, it's really intimacy is supposed to be about pleasure. That's what it's really supposed to be about. So sometimes people don't talk about it because there's the agenda of just making a baby and that's all they think it's, it's about. Um, another reason why people don't talk about it as couples is because sometimes they're just doggone too busy running around doing this, doing that, taking care of the kids and all that kind of stuff. So they don't have the time and plus not even the time nor the energy. So that's another reason why people don't talk about it, but it really does impact a couple. So it's really important to find the time to talk about it. And many times you should kind of talk about it before you get married. You talk about it after you get married. And it's not a conversation that you have day one and you never have again. It's a conversation that should be evolving and should happen um, often. I'm sorry, can you repeat that question? Okay, you say that one of the reasons is that people are generally not aware of their, of their bodies. Um, okay. That are related and we say that men are more aware than women to clarify on that point. Okay, yes, yes, I can clarify that. So for men, in all honesty, um, when they grow up, they become very um, comfortable with their penis. In fact, they even, for some people, they even name it for, for men. They just, they just know their body. They can, like if there was all these penises lined up, they could pick it out. But for women, when it comes to their vagina or their personal parts, they have no idea what it looks like. They're not comfortable with that. They weren't taught mm -hmm. to explore their body. So if you line up all the vaginas, they would, they would like not even want to look, but they couldn't pick out their own. So that's what I'm talking about in the sense of understanding your own body because you have to understand your body so you're able to talk and communicate with your partner. Does that make better sense? Okay. It does, perfect sense. Uh, all right, so this problem also stems from the fact that when growing up in, in most cultures, um, people really not respect their sex organs using their names. So when it comes to the they don't think they're again, they put all sorts of euphemistic names. Would that be another cause? The reason why people don't name the sexual organ. Yeah, and I'm not saying you have to name your sexual organs, but I'm just saying um, a lot of men do. I mean, they just are more comfortable with it versus as, as females. And I'm not saying that that's something that you need to do, but I'm just saying as a person yourself, any person, they need to understand and know their body. That's just important. All right. That's good. So would you say that when women have a certain difficulties opening up the men? Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. And you also just have to remember part of it's that issue, but part of it is just also um, we weren't taught to be able to um, talk about sex. Many times parents just say to girls, you know, just don't have sex before you get married or, and that's, that's it. And it's more than that. So it's starting um, talking to your girls and talking to your kids early in life. So they understand that sex isn't something that you should be ashamed of. Um, the higher power, um, whoever that is, for some people it's God, 
he created sex or she created sex. So it is something that should be talked about. Okay, so how can couples get tested So how can couples how can couples start talking about sex? Well, first, I think um, for each individual, they need to be comfortable talking about it. And so, to first to be comfortable talking about it, um, you got to know your body. So for each individual, and especially for the females, to actually be able to look at your body naked, understand it, explore it. Um, there's a great different, there's a lot of different books out there. One great one that I would recommend, it's called Kamish Dua by Emily Nagwaski. She's a great author. And she talks about, it's a book mostly for females, about exploring the body and understanding it. So, so that's one part. Once you're comfortable with that or in the process of being comfortable with that, then it's actually sitting down time to talk with your partner. So you're like, well, how can I even bring that subject up? Well, one tool that I use that I can just um, put out there that's kind of an easy way of looking at sex is we love talking about food, okay? So um, all of us can sit there and talk about food and stuff. And so here in America and a lot of other cultures, they have... Um, courses. So if we're just doing a basic um, realm of dinner or whatever, if we look at sex to talk about with our partner, we can first start off with the hors d'oeuvres, which I call as foreplay. Asking your partner whether they like in foreplay. And foreplay is really just warming the body up. And then we can talk about the actual um, Ambience also, I forgot to talk about ambience. What do you like in the ambience in the sense of smells and flowers and roses and where it's located and stuff? Then the other aspect is actually talking about the dinner part, which is the actual um, intercourse. What do you like? Um, some people like things on top, on bottom, a variety of things. And then at the end, talk about um, what happens after dinner, your dessert, which is basically, you know, some people love to be cuddled right after, others do not, some people like to eat right after. So those are conversations that you can have in such a general manner. Okay, okay. so do you recommend that the, somebody who has to keep in the conversation because it's generally women are shy talking about this and um, is there, uh, is there a way of beginning the conversation for, for women, for example? So are you saying uh, that some people are, are very shy to talk about it, that um, there's a way of how to go about talking about it because they're very shy. So if you're very shy, um, talk, is that what you're stating? Yes, let me just give an example. Like, uh, most of that I've put to my, my friends, family members, most women, I, I, they, they, they tell me that publicly I'm not enjoying my, my sexual life and I'm not feeling anything. And I always ask them, do you open up the conversation? Do you talk to your partners about it? And I, I have never heard of even a single one who says yes. They always say no, but you can't do that. I can't do that. I can't open up. Okay, so. so um, there is a problem. Right, 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 right. Um, well, number one, um, sex is a real, you know, private issue that if you're very shy and you're unable to talk to your husband about sex or your um, fiance or whatever, I would first start off on, on other issues first um, before you get to sex, because there's a lot of other things that you need to open up and talk to first. Um, so if you're able to talk to your partner about mm, you know, what do I like in dating? Or what do I like when we go and do something fun? You know, I like that you hold my hand. So I like this and that. Having those general conversations that can hopefully then lead to other conversations. But in, in relationships, you have to talk about what you like and what you don't like. Um, but I do know that's a cultural thing that in some cultures, it's hard for women to say, you know, I like 
even how she, you know, how you have your eggs cooked. So you do have to have that um, desire to be able to talk about what you like. Does that make sense? Okay. It does. Perfect. All right. So beginning the conversation on other issues and then bringing in your emotions and, and how you feel. All right. So maybe does the timing matter where to do it? Yeah, I would say timing, but it also like it's like it said, it's starting off with um so if you're very shy, you're like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna go about any of this? I would say set time aside um, every week. Um, I know here, over here, there's different apps, like Gottman has an, an app where you could have conversations, like it asks you questions about your partner or questions that you guys can talk about. And I'm pretty sure there's plenty of resources out there. So you get a questionnaire, one of those that um, couples can ask and may even start off of, you know, what's your favorite tree? So as you're starting off having these basic little conversations, they will later on in time develop into deeper and deeper. Those things need to happen. And like you said, it's important to set time aside to do that. That's so cool. So you say an, an app, what's the name of the app? Yeah, so the app is um, Love Maps, or Card Decks, I'm sorry, Card Decks. Card Decks, um, it's by Gartman. And in Card Decks, they have a lot of different questionnaires in there. From Love Maps, which Love Maps is um, learning, how, learning your partner's world, learning how to know more about your partner's to open-ended questions, to I feel questions, to salsa sexy questions, to expressing your need. So when you open up the app and you click on a question, I'm just um, clicking on something here to go. And it just says different things. Um, let me click on just uh, a hard one. Um, think of a sexual fantasy and then um, share it with your partner, describe it. So. That's like a real hot question to um, one of the first questions are, ask your, your partner, what stressors are they, what things are stressing them out in their immediate situation? So it has all these questions that can get you to start talking to your partner about. All right, next question. All right, thank you so much for that. Okay, so the perfect research statement to defeat the tip for title and the author. You said it's Come As You Are by Emily Hughes? Yeah, the book was Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, and her last name is N-A-G-O-S-K-I. So another good part in that book there that it talks about um, why also you need to have conversation. And I just had a question on stress here. Because for some individuals in a couple or in a relationship, when one person gets stressed, some people, when they get stressed, they put the brakes on when it comes to sex. They don't really want to be touched. They really don't want intimacy. While other individuals, when they're stressed, they want more touch. They have the accelerator. They, have, they want more sex. So um, in that little book there, it does an assessment so you can figure out if you have the brakes or the um, accelerator on, but it's also a good way to talk with your partner because then you know, like, oh my gosh, um, I've been with him for you know for a while, and oh my gosh, during the last four months he hasn't really touched me. I wonder if he's thinking about other people or whatever. But he may just be stressed, you know, with everything going on. So um, it's best to know that information. Thank you so much. So, so what may be some of the consequences for a couple of not talking about sex in their relationship? So what are the consequences of couples who don't talk about it? Is that the question? Yeah, if the couple don't talk about sex, yeah, the question is, what may be some of the consequences for the couple when they're talking about sex? 
what, what could happen to them, what, what could be made to them result in anything that's negative, the consequences of not doing it. Okay, so when, you're, when couples aren't, aren't talking about sex, uh, many times um, one or both partners does not get their needs met. And if you don't feel like your needs are being met, sometimes you shut down and you don't um, want to connect or talk with your partner. And then this comes a little bridge between the, the couple. It starts to, they start to go apart. And as they go apart, um, of course, then they start to feel lonely. And if you remember what I said earlier, loneliness is the number one reason why couples um, break up or marriages um, go away. So that's something that, that happens. Um, sometimes when they don't connect, you just have a marriage that is just um, there on paper, but they don't really have any fun. And for some people, this may cause a lot of stress because if you're stressed, if you stress at work or if you're definitely stressed at home, and whether it caused you to um, drink more, um, seek out other people, or just totally shut down, um, these things can lead to um, health issues. So it's a, you know another consequence of not communicating. It is typical that happens to open up and communicate about the relationship. Right, right. The benefits, though, of when you do communicate and when you do talk to your partner, well, number one, you get to understand each other's world and how you guys um, mm -hmm. like what you like and what you don't like. Um, so how can I put it? Well, I know he doesn't like to be scratched on his back. You know, that's a good thing to know, you know? So um, that helps out. Then you're also on the same page. And the more you're on the same page, the smoother the house runs, you know, because the other thing is um, the kids are watching. And so when you have a smooth running house and they see that mom and dad are on the same page, you honestly have less trouble with your teenagers and your kids. And also health-wise, mm -hmm. When people feel connected, they live longer. Studies have shown that. Um, that when you're connected to someone, you're more motivated to live a healthy life. So that is just um, another good reason of why communicating is very helpful. And then the third reason um, is you know that maybe you're with the right partner or with, your, with the, not the right partner. So if you talk about this in the beginning, it can save you like tons of years of miserable if if you guys realize you're not compatible um, or you can also like we talked about it, maybe this is something we need to go to a therapist about. So when you decide about whether you should go to a therapist, whether it's um, a relationship therapist or just a sex therapist or whatever, or a coach or whatever, or get an outside opinion, you should probably do that when you realize that for some reason, there is a block that we cannot communicate. And when you go into couples counseling, marriage counseling, it provides insight. And with insight, I mean with knowledge about yourself and about the other person. And when you have knowledge, you can make better decisions about what you want to do with your relationship. So, and it also teaches some people how to um, communicate, what's the most best ways to communicate and other information. Great, makes sense. So, and you're on the to how it's important actually to begin the conversation and that before you get married. Um, so I'm just wondering how that looks up. Let's say it's a couple that is sort of made to have this before marriage. Let's say it's just in that part. How, how would they communicate this before marriage? I'm, I'm just wondering. So is your question right if before you get married, how to discuss um, sex before you get married? Before you get married, yes. Earlier on, you said it's important to begin the conversation before you get married so that when you get married, it becomes easier and the conversation can be 
είναι η ίδια το γεωβολίδικο και η γεωβολίδικο έτσι So having that conversation before you get married, um, of course, timing is everything, okay? And having the conversation about sex and intimacy, um, how can I put it? It's sometimes better to have that conversation out of the bedroom or out of, um, as a romantic or stimulating type situation. So when you're saying what you're saying, you're saying it because you're actually I've thought about it and I've processed it. Um, but it also needs to be a conversation that doesn't happen immediately when you start dating someone, but it needs to happen at, at some point in time. And it's how you bring it up. And the reason why I say it's a conversation you need to have outside of the bedroom, because if you're having this conversation and you're in the bedroom and maybe you're trying to get with your partner, Sometimes it can seem kind of pushy versus having the conversation, you know, when you guys are out um, just sitting there, uh, maybe just talking and having a conversation about your relationship. And when you have the conversation, one of the things I should have said earlier, you should say it from I, this is what I need. This is what I like. Not to have the conversation and say, you don't do this and you don't do that. Because when you started off with you, you become, that makes the other person in defense mode. So you need to have the conversation starting with I. What they might like or how they might like it. Could you, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Okay, the question is Will that be difficult for somebody saying somebody is in the region? Would it even be difficult for them since they really don't have an idea of what it is that they like, thinking about what they want, how they want it, so they have not yet engaged in it? So I'm just wondering what, what, how they're keeping the conversation and what they would say to their, to their, to their party. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming what you're saying is, is sometimes even just knowing what, what a person likes in that, in, in that conversation. Uh, many times, um, believe me, it's best sometimes to do some research Um, I know as girls, we all talk to our friends and that can be somewhat helpful. It can somewhat not be helpful. <laughs> you just have to, um, it's a trial and error on some things. And in that conversation yeah. with your partner, sometimes it's trying something. And if you don't like it, not trying that again and doing something else. Mm -hmm. okay. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, if anyone needs any information or whatever, um, they can always um, email me at info at draprilbrown.com. And um, I also have a show called Bringing Intimacy Back. But yes, I would love to answer any other questions that anyone may have. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Okay, so there you have it, listeners. If you have any more questions for this episode, if you'd like to get counseling session with her, don't hesitate to get in touch with her. You can visit her, her, her website, www.echofarm.com, and you can get an online session with her, or you can email her on the email address you just gave to Is that correct with Echofarm? Yes, yes, and thank you so much. And And I'm so glad that you're having this conversation and um, best wishes to you. Great, great. Thank you so much.
But this is where the honeymoon and after it arrives. If you look up on the ethical quantity, you can only send them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Public, Google Podcasts, Twitter, and Pocket Cast. They're tuning every second Wednesday and let's talk about the latest about that with the month Right, so, uh,